Pass First point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond, and you are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about Damian Lillard's return to the lineup, what that means for him and CJ's coexistence. We saw the best of CJ without Dame. Now the test is whether we can see the best of CJ with Dame. Spend a couple segments talking about that, and then want to talk about the golden opportunity ahead of the Trailblazers. On Saturday, it looked like their season might be over. All of a sudden, they find themselves with a golden opportunity to put themselves in a position to make the playoffs in a season that it looked like they wouldn't do it so many times. But let us start with the news of the day, as we often do here. Damian Lillard came back. The Blazers rolled over a underwhelming Washington Wizards team on Wednesday night at the Moda Center. Five starters scored in double f- and scored 20 points, not just double figures, 20 points. Dame looked good, healthy for the most part, said he felt ha- healthy after the game. Interestingly, he said that the Blazers' three-game road trip where they went one and two, including a really brutal loss to the Atlanta Hawks on Saturday, was was pretty hard for him. Uh, he was he 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 really, I think, struggled with being at home. It was the first road trip of his career that he hadn't been involved in, and I think, uh, quite honestly, I think just sticking around at home was was difficult for him. But he doesn't have to stick around at home anymore. He's back. He looks healthy. Uh, Terry Stotts pretty hilariously said before the game that Damian Lillard wasn't on a minutes restriction and then said after the game that Dame was limited to 34 to 36 minutes, uh, which seems like if he has a limit on his minutes, seems like a minute, minute restriction. I don't know. I, who knows? Um, but he looked fine, and the Blazers rolled over a bad team. But I think the big thing that happened in this game, the thing I want to talk about, spend a little bit of time talking about in these first two segments, is that Terry Stotts, Damian Lode, and CJ McCollum all talked about how Damian and CJ can coexist together. And without Damian in the lineup, we saw CJ at his absolute best. Uh, you know, he, he might have had bigger scoring games, but I'm not sure he had a sort of more emphatically important, just like we need to win, I'm going to go hit the shots that will help us win type of game like he did in Orlando. Uh, he he just really controlled not just the tempo, but, but the Blazers' whole... He just had a command over the whole feel of the game in ways maybe that we haven't seen before. In fact, I th- maybe we have seen CJ have that command over the game, but not as as complete, not as holistically as we saw in those six games with Dame was out. Now, the Blazers went two and four. I'm not trying to suggest they were better without Dame. I'm just saying that CJ himself was better. In those six games, he averaged 33.3 points, four point, excuse me, 5.3 rebounds, 8.3 assists, shot 48% from the floor, 40% from three, and got to the free throw line nearly six times a game. That's the best version of CJ McCollum that we've seen in terms of a complete player. And I thought Terry Stotts had an interesting comment before the game. He said what CJ was able to do was 
because Dame wasn't out there. The ball was in his hands a lot. I think the impressive thing was that he took a leadership role on the court. He scored when he had to. He assisted. He did things you'd want him to do. I think one of our goals, not only this year, but next year, is trying to make that happen more often when Dame is on the court. It was good to see him do that, and now we got to probably see more of it and try to make it happen. Uh I believe it was Jamie Goldberg of the Oregonian who asked a follow-up question who said, kind of, do you just do that by staggering Damon CJ's minutes? Do you just kind of just take them off the court, don't let them play next to each other? Is that the trick? And Terry Stotts agreed that that was part of it. And and let me read you his quote there. He said, I think it becomes more of how they play together. They play 24 to 28 minutes together on the court. Having them both, when Dame is on the court, usually he has the ball. So looking for more opportunities for CJ to handle the ball when Dame is in the game is one way of doing it. Having CJ have the same approach when Dame is out of the game, have the same approach that he did over the last six games, and that he's looking to do more than just score but just take a leadership role when he's out there. Folks, that is what qualifies as a pretty strong quote from old Terry Stotts. And I think it kind of sums up a lot of listeners, uh, just judging by mostly Mailbag Monday questions, were kind of frustrated with CJ McCollum this year, and then when he went off against, uh, with and when Dame out of the lineup, perplexed or like, hey, where has this guy been? What why don't why don't we get more of this version of CJ more often? And quite frankly, I think what Terry Stotts said before the game is kind of what everyone's been thinking and 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 kind of knows deep down is yeah, the Blazers need to get that CJ McCollum. They need to get the well well rounded CJ McCollum. He's such a good scorer. But a lot of times that's all he brings to the table. And what Stotts admitted there in that quote is that the Blazers, it is incumbent on the coaching staff to figure out how to get him to do more stuff. How to get him to be a table setter even when he's playing quote-unquote shooting guard. How to get him to look to get guys involved, not because he has to, because he's the only point guard and the leader out there, but because it's sort of part of his flow is that when he catches the ball in the wing, he isn't only in scoring mode. Even if he's, even like I said, even if he's playing nominally shooting guard, put him in a position where when he catches it, he can attack and be smart and be smart in a way that really matters. Because being smart isn't just, I know I can score against anyone. CJ kind of can. It's one of his elite skills. It's what makes him such a special player in the league. But it's being smart and saying, I know I can score here, but also I know I can get Gary Trent involved. I know I can get Hassan Whiteside involved. I know I can run a two-man game with Melo and, and get the switch I want. And then if that doesn't work out quickly, I've, got, I've already put Melo in a position where he has an advantage. That's the real test for the Blazers. They have figured out how to be good with Damon CJ, but I don't think they've figured out a way to maximize both of them. And the evolution of them, of this duo, is that you get the best of Dame and the best of CJ together at the same time. Not Dame is excellent, CJ's a really good sidekick, and if they get someone else to step up in scoring, they're good enough. I think the evolution, the, the thing the Blazers have to unlock with Damon CJ is that CJ is in that sort of point guard command of the floor um, dominant mode 
even when he's sharing the court with Damian Lillard. Now, that isn't super easy. They've played a bunch of seasons together, five seasons in sort of the in the free CJ era. So, I don't think this solution is super easy. I think that's why Terry Stotts kind of uh, lengthened the timeline naturally in his uh, uh, comments. He said either this year or next. It's not necessarily something they can figure out over the final 19 games of the regular season, but it is in, it is imperative that the coaching staff and Dame and CJ figure out how to maximize what they get out of CJ because like Terry Stotts said, he has to do more than score. That's the hope for the Blazers. That's the hope for getting the most out of CJ. They gave him a hundred million dollars. He has to be someone who does more stuff. And he showed that he's capable of it. So where how can they channel that? How can they get that on a nightly basis out of him? In the second segment, I want to come back and share you some uh, audio, some comments from both Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, who kind of had maybe different takes on this situation. Uh, I found it pretty fascinating, and I think you will too. All right. We talked to Terry Stotts and his thoughts about maximizing the Dame and C.J. pairing in the first segment. In the second segment, I want to take you inside the locker room and play you some audio from uh, Damian Lord and CJ McCollum, both being asked about exactly this. Uh, pretty much the moment that Terry said, made his pregame comments. I, I asked him uh, pregame if, if he kind of learned anything about that he could use when Dame was out and specifically about CJ. And, and, and that was the first quote I read you. And, um, and then he expanded on that. But I knew that moment when I heard that answer that I was going to talk about this with Damon CJ. I knew I was probably going to write about it. I knew it was going to be a podcast segment. It was a moment where I said, oh, okay, this is a thing that matters with this team. This is, a, this is the next evolution for the team. It's the next challenge for the two best players. It's the thing that they have to figure out. And to hear Stotts say it, I knew that it was going to be an important thing. So I wanted to go into the locker room and get Dame and CJ's take on it. So what I want to play for you first is Dame's take. I thought he had a really measured, um, thoughtful view of it. I think him spending some time on the couch and getting to watch from afar, um, then made his sort of his he could comment to CJ a little easier and freer um, with a little bit of distance uh, with with that sort of spectators view and also just because they're friends and they've had a long playing career together so here's what Dame had to say about how he can kind of what he can do to unlock the CJ we saw over the previous six games going forward um, yeah, we talked about it at shoot around and I, I just, you know, I told him, I was like, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, part of, you know, the, the player that I am is I know how to figure out how to still be my best self without taking away from, you know, what you've been doing. Keep being aggressive, keep attacking, keep um, speaking up more, keep um, being comfortable having the ball in your hands. You know, we both going to play a lot of minutes. We're going to get plenty of opportunity. Um, but our team is going to be at our best when, you know, he's doing what he's been doing the last week game, and I do what I do. Um, I think that's what's best for our team. So I didn't want him to come back worried about um, 
and me coming back and not doing that because I can I can find my way with him playing the same way. It's the first game you guys have played together. Do you feel like tonight you did find a little bit of that rhythm where CJ can be his best self and you can be your best self? Yeah, I mean, we've had it. Yeah. We've had it. I mean, we played together a long time. Right. Um, it's just different now because he played a stretch where I wasn't on the floor and he just, I was even encouraging him more like, you got to take control, take more control, take more control. And I don't want him to not feel comfortable doing it because I'm on the floor. You know, we we got the kind of relationship where I don't feel like it's, it's selfish or I don't feel like it's competition or nothing like that. We're trying to win. You know, we've had real conversations with each other, so I want him to keep going. It's going to come a point where, like, I have to press forward and, and Maybe go on a scoring run or maybe dominate the ball a little bit more. It's going to come a time where that happens because that's how the balance works. Um, but, I mean, he's rolling, so let him roll. Um, it's that simple. I think it's funny that Dame closes those comments with, it's that simple. Uh, I think that's the real challenge of this is that it isn't that simple. The Blazers have proven that they can be a, a very good team with Dame and CJ kind of uh, – either taking turns or Dame playing like the clear ace and CJ being the sidekick, as I mentioned. But they haven't really proven that they can have CJ be this dynamic distributing. I mean, I think we're, I think we might be getting a little bit too caught up in just raw assists, but I think just the, the table setting, the, uh, the, the getting guys in their spots, the running two man game with people, the really the really looking to set set the table for others, even if you don't get assists, beyond just scoring. I mean, you just you see you know it when you see it is that CJ gets the ball and he gets into cook he gets into cooking mode he gets into he gets into his bag of tricks and he can score on anyone, and that's what he looks to do. Um, there's a classic my first year on the beat, Wes Matthews had a classic line. Wes kind of bullied CJ a little bit because CJ was coming to take his job. But uh, he, I asked him if, um, you know, if CJ was setting him up a little bit better, like later in, in CJ's first sort of first year as a real contributor. And Wes said kind of, he looked past me and across the locker room to like where he could try to make eye contact with CJ. And he said, if CJ passes you the ball, you know you're open. And I, I, I kind of think that reputation has stayed with CJ fairly for a lot of his career. He's just, um, he's someone who dominates the ball. But I think CJ, or I think Dame sort of makes the point is that he, he, he will be comfortable if CJ wants to take over a little bit. He'll know when to pick a spots and he won't be afraid to say, cool, I gave you your chance. I'm putting my foot on the gas now. Get the hell out of my way. You're not going to hurt Dame's feelings. I don't think that's something to be concerned about. But it's it's not so simple as, okay, CJ, just do it. I mean, we, they would have figured it out in the last three or four seasons if it was that simple, right? So I took this question to CJ. And I asked him, Do you feel like you learned some things with him out? Um, elaborate? Uh, like... <laughs> Like you learn something? Yeah, like how you can play, how maybe you can change your game a little bit. You played so much on the ball when he was gone, like sort of how you can f- incorporate that when he's back. Um, I mean, I, I know what I can do personally, so I don't think I don't think I learned anything. I think maybe our coaching staff probably learned. Um, I can play more on ball, try to get them off the ball some, but 
personally, I know what I can do. I know how I can impact the game. And it's just more so about you know, picking your spots and trying to do what I can to help the team win. So how do you replicate that, what you did without um, Well, replicate like what? Doing more than just scoring. Um, I mean, I, I, I like to think that I make the right plays and might not always get the assist. Maybe you make the pass that makes the next pass. Um, Whiteside gets just every rebound, so sometimes it's hard to get rebounds. But just making the right plays, that's the biggest thing. When, the, when you have the ball in your hands for, for 38 minutes it's, and you don't fill the stat sheet up, that means you're either just not very good at basketball or, <laughs> or you're not really taking advantage. But certainly there's a skill to doing more than just scoring. And you've shown that you have that, but it doesn't seem like you have that with Dane. And like, Coach was saying pregame, that's something we got to figure out is how to get both of those, scoring and distributing. I mean, I just got to make the right plays, but it's also like positioning. Like, what, what, what am I doing out there? Like, am I in the corner? Am I coming off screens? You know what I mean? It just depends on, you know, offensive flow of the game. Sometimes you can touch it, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get a touch and it's time to score. And you, you look to score. Sometimes you, you have to make the next pass. So just the, the flow of the game. You know, sometimes the, the game flows like tonight where everybody is everybody's scoring. Isn't that like the next evolution of the game? Getting that non-game in the lineup production out of you with your with the same I would imagine that. Yes, so. What are the challenges and accomplishments? I mean, we got to balance. We got to play off of each other. We don't get caught up in the number. I'm trying to win, so. I get assists, I get assists. If I don't, I don't. I score, I score. We're trying to win games, and this season has been different. We had a lot of different lineups. Dame was averaging 45 for like a month, so it's like I'm not going to force my way into the game and, and try to like take over when he's, when he's playing well. So it's just about finding the balance and uh, get him off the ball sometimes so that he can get aggressive and get downhill, and sometimes is that some of it just like you were saying like if you're in the corner or whatever just kind of just kind of where you are on the court is it as simple as that kind of just like putting you in those spots when you play on the ball you're in the middle of the middle of the court for most of the games so you can see the defense when you play off the ball you're catching the ball in, in certain quadrants of the court so sometimes it's the corner sometimes it's the wing but like not very often are you in the, in the middle of the court which is it's easier to see the defenses it's easier to, to kind of make decisions in the flow when you get in transition. So you just have to read the, read the flow of the game. Um, and I think, you know, tonight the, the, the game was, was flowing a lot. And just make plays. What kind of conversation? I personally find CJ's comments to be interesting. Like, honestly, fascinating even. Um, he... He's pretty... He's pretty resistant to the idea that he like capital N needs to do more. And I think maybe some of that was the way myself and Jason quick, who's the other voice you hear asking questions in that audio approached that interview. But, um, after Terry had been so clear and Dame had been, and this is the order of the, the way the interviews went, the, the order of the, the order of the audio is the way the winter interviews went, is that Dame had been so clear that that was something they had discussed and Terry had made it clear that it was something that they had kind of 
wanted to get more out of it. I found it interesting that CJ didn't have, um, I don't know, thoughts in order or like, cause this may be the wrong word, but I was, I was, I was surprised that CJ didn't have, uh, a, sh- a sharp enough answer or a, or a prepared enough answer to be like, yeah, I, that's a, that's going to basically, that's going to be a challenge for us. And if I had, a, if we had a simple solution, we'd already be there. Um, instead he was a little more resistant to the idea that maybe he needs to change and needs to adapt. I thought that was curious. Uh, I thought that audio was, uh, important enough to share. So, I don't think it's a big deal, but I do think, to me, it was noteworthy coming out of the locker room. That was certainly the 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 thing going in that I thought would be the most interesting, and it was the thing coming out of the locker room that I certainly found the most interesting, is that I think CJ knows what the team wants out of him, what he kind of needs to do, like in, in theory, but I think expressing that need could be an admission that maybe he's he is a lower like a not even a worse player but just a player that needs that needs to adapt that needs to change and i think that might be what he's struggling with there all right third segment we're going to wrap up the show talking about the blazers golden opportunity they got a they've got a real chance in front of them and that's what i want to share with you to close out the show All right. Still locked on Blazers. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. After spending two segments talking about the Dame and CJ pairing, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about what's ahead for the Blazers. On Saturday, it felt like their season might be over. They got shellacked by the Atlanta Hawks. They looked terrible. They had lost six of seven. They just were out of sorts. Damian Lillard was still hurt. He wasn't coming back on Monday. He, they were in trouble. What a difference five days makes, right? Blazers beat up on a shorthanded, undermanned Orlando Magic team. Apologies to Gary Clark, but um, he shouldn't be starting at power forward on an NBA playoff team. The Blazers, behind a Dominant game from C.J. McCollum and a really nice game from Gary Trent Jr. Took care of business against the Magic. Damian Lillard returns. They beat up on a bad Washington Wizards team. And all of a sudden, they find themselves in a pretty good position, right? The Blazers went into the All-Star break. Four games back of the Memphis Grizzlies in ninth place in the Western Conference. On Thursday morning... When this very podcast will publish, the Blazers are in ninth place in the Western Conference, three and a half games behind Memphis. Nothing has changed. They didn't make up any ground. They're seven games closer to the end of the season, 19 games left, but they also didn't lose any ground. They're just in the same spot, and they've got a real chance ahead of them. They could win six consecutive games. Now that sounds crazy and quite frankly I don't think they will do it because they are an imperfect team. But they have a real chance. Following they've they've won two in a row, right? 
They're headed to a back-to-back. Friday at Phoenix, 24 and 38 Phoenix Suns. Saturday back home, second night of a back-to-back in the Moda Center against the 27 and 34 Sacramento Kings, who are right behind the Blazers in the standings. The Suns are in Portland on Tuesday, and then the Blazers have a massive, very important, all-important Thursday meeting at the Moda Center with the, uh, I was going to call them Vancouver Grizzlies, they were their Vancouver throwbacks tonight in Brooklyn, but the Memphis Grizzlies, who are 31 and 31. Things get dicey after that. Dallas and Houston and a six-game road trip, but let's just focus on those next four. This is a chance to get where they need to go. It's what Damian Lillard called after the game a great opportunity. And quite frankly, if the Blazers are going to be a playoff team this season, what they do over the next week, when I'm recording the post-Grizzlies podcast next Thursday night, I guess it might be a little bit later, it could be early Friday morning, depending on when I finish writing, But when I'm recording that podcast, basically one week from when I'm recording this one right here, I think the Blazers' season will be, if not determined, because the Grizzlies might keep on winning too, we will know if it's over. It'll be clear if it's over. It won't be clear if they're in control and in the playoffs, but if they go... Two and two during this stretch. They go one and three. I don't think the, the two and two is certainly on the table. I don't think one and three is particularly likely. But if they if they if they struggle with these winnable games, three of which are at home, it's over. They have stayed afloat long enough. They have a chance to swim to shore, get on dry land for a bit, find their footing. They're not gonna have a winning record. But they might be in 8th place in the West. These four games, which really, if you look back, it'll be six games, because you'll we'll, by then we'll be grouping in Orlando and Washington. The Blazers will be lamenting that terrible game they played in Atlanta, almost certainly. But they have a chance to rip off six straight. If they don't do that, I think 5-1 and one they survive in this six-game stretch. Let's just throw the Hawks game out. Four and two, I don't think they're in a great spot, but it's not over. Anything less than that, if this turns to three and three, they're, I think they're cooked. I thought they were cooked on Saturday too. So they might rebound. My man Blazer James, who sends me his predictions, his Blazers predictions on Twitter, pretty much Pretty much said it was over for your beloved pinwheels after after Saturday's game. But Blazer James, the man who brings hope and real predictions, says it ain't over. And if Blazer James says it ain't over, I say it's not over either. They got four games to figure it out. They got a week to save this season. A six-game winning streak puts them in position. It is a golden opportunity, or as Damian Lillard called it, a great opportunity. Why I said golden opportunity so many times it didn't quote Damian Lillard, it's just bad journalism. <laughs> but hey, I'll get another shot at it. Much like the Blazers. They struggled all year, and now they've got a real shot. I think this is the most important week of the season. 
I think it always is because that's how time works. The further you get down the road, the weeks are more important. But I also just think the schedule softens up a bit. This is their chance. You thought it was over a week ago. They've pulled you back in. This time next week, we'll probably know what's up. That's going to do it for this episode. Appreciate all of you for listening. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.